0: Welcome to Jesus Stories. This is the place where people tell their stories and Jesus is always the hero. So let's go.
1: Well, hello everyone. This usually starts quicker than I know. So I'm just gonna welcome everyone right now to, uh, yeah, we're on (laughs) to our live. and. This is take two with Carol, and I'm excited to be able to have this format and to redo this and to, to put this out there with everyone. So my name is Michelle, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that has been set free from alcohol and heavy drugs and cigarettes and coffee and for most part, food. <laughs> I'm still it's still a work in progress. And um, yeah, I'm working on a whole bunch of things and, uh, you know, letting go of my past and surrendering wow, wow. it. So.
0: Yeah. Can you introduce yourself, Carol? I would love to. Hi, everybody. My name is Carol, and I am a grateful believer in Jesus. I have struggled with uh, codependency and a loved one in addiction. Uh, I am claiming victory over certain parts of my codependency, that's for sure. I'm no longer a people pleaser. (laughs) And uh, I am delighted to be here with Michelle. (gasps) Thank you. Yeah, you are no longer a people pleaser. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) that's what I love about you. You're real and authentic and you're an amazing mentor to have in my life. So I really appreciate you. Um, There's a place that I really want to go. And your husband, Barry, was on last week and he talked about his addiction to alcohol. And there seems to be this buzz in recovery. If you're recovering from alcohol or drugs and all that, there is a huge hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray and celebration for people that have overcome addictions with like substances like alcohol and drugs and i you know was just thinking about you and just how um honest and boisterous you are about uh, being honest about the things that you've overcome and i just wanted to go to this place with you and to talk to people you know you can't hide the alcohol and drugs too much codependency is something that people don't really look at, but it is, it's, it's a part of an addiction. It's, it's a feeding, right? When we feed our egos or feed those sides or hide and shut off, um, what that does. And I got to tell you, we need to start celebrating the victory in people's lives that have, that are overcoming codependency or food or cutting or porn or things mm. like that, that seem to get the side bar. To alcohol and drugs, so can yeah. we talk a bit about that?
0: You bet, for sure. Um, I can definitely speak to codependency. I wore that uh, that hat very proudly for many, many years. Codependency is carrying carrying much more about somebody else's life, about somebody else's reaction to things, than your own, and being afraid to express your opinions, um, your thoughts, just because you were afraid of what the reaction was going to be to them. And I spent a lot of years, uh, doing that. I, I didn't say what was really on my heart because I was so concerned about how it was going to be received by someone else. And, um, and that, that Curbed my personality, that uh, I wasn't being honest about who I was, because I was so afraid that somebody wasn't going to like me because of my opinion on something, and um, yeah, there's there is a lot of aspects to codependency. Um, There's people pleasing, which is similar to what I just talked about, but um, there there's also uh, such a a strength or a a fear that goes along with that, right? Because I think that's the crux of a lot of things is fear and anxiety. So I was fearful of other people, and what they were going to think of me, I uh, spent a lot of time uh, cultivating a good self image. Um, Many years we spent as pillars in the church, and we weren't. (laughs) We were a family in dysfunction and not didn't have the liberty to admit that. And, and that was very sad because that delayed the healing. Uh, denial delays the healing. And the longer that you stay in there, I think the harder it is to come out. So uh, for me to share openly and honestly about who I was, about what I was feeling, about my frustrations and what was going on in my life took me a very long time. I am sad to say. Yes. So,
1: so I want to ask something. So where's the part, you know, okay, where do I want to go? Just give me a second. Sure. So Barry, as we talked last week, let's go of drinking because all of a sudden there's this ultimatum on him that you are going to leave. So where did that, all of a sudden that rising up because you were at in such a place of enabling and allowing that to take place because you didn't want people to know and you didn't want the repercussions of saying things. So what happened for you to rise up and all of a sudden go to say enough is enough?
0: I think um, it wasn't the idea of saying enough was enough, but it was saying it in a way that he knew it wasn't coming from anger. This this wasn't just a reaction. This wasn't just a spontaneous uh, blow up (laughs) from what was going on in front of me. This was me saying, I can't live like this anymore. and, And we need to change or I'm going to leave, basically is what it came down to. Because I had threatened to leave many, many times but not done it well, you know, um, standing there and ranting and raving, and pouring booze bottles down the sink and, you know, shutting windows so the neighbors wouldn't hear you shout. <laughs> <laughs> totally know that. Yeah. These are not healthy conversations. <laughs> no, this no, is not communicating. <laughs> this is, you know, just leaving it to such a point where you have no choice, but to kind of just stand on top of a chair and scream, you know, cause you haven't dealt with it for so long, so long that it's now this explosion. But I think I got to a point where um, I felt within myself and a lot of it was the fact that I was, I was working. Um, I felt more independent and I felt I really could actually, you know, make a living on my own because those are a lot of things that enter into all of this, right and uh yeah, and so that was kind of where I was at and it was the idea too I mean as Barry said last week, you know, we had gone through all this dysfunction with our children, and I sat there and I thought, am I really prepared? To have this dysfunction for our grandchildren, that, you know, there's going to be pins and needles. Are we going to have them over? Are we not going to have them over? And that was kind of my thing. I thought, no, this, this is it. You know, I've made up my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So let's go to another place then. You just took me to a place and uh, oh. I'm going to take you to a place. So amends.
0: Oh, ah, yeah. how.
1: Did that look with your family and making an amends with them and doing Perfect. that? How did, Yeah. Can you share with people what that's like and the, 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 the pre going to do it, then going through it and then the outcome?
0: Well, I have to be very honest about this, because um, when recovery first came in our family and we were getting stabilized, Um, you know, in a sense of a functional family. uh, That's when Celebrate Recovery came along. Well, I never took responsibility for anything. (laughs) I thought, well, I got an easy target there, I can blame him. So I didn't, you know, feel that I had amends to make. And to be honest, it was not until my very first step study. And I started really delving into, you know, what I had done, you know, how I the things that I was responsible for. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, yes, I do have amends to do. And, you know, my, my kids are amazing. I know that uh, I feel they love us unconditionally, (laughs) which is pretty awesome, right. And for them, they understood that we felt very sorry for the things that had happened in their lives that perhaps, you know, had set them back a little bit or been disruptive. Um, so that was fine. But I, the biggest demands was to my husband and um, taking responsibility for my part, like you quote or said, enabling him for so many years. Allowing him uh, to carry on because I was busy in the background doing everything, right? And we would have come to a point of desperation for recovery a lot sooner had I not been doing that. So, yeah, I think uh, I had to find a place where um, I could forgive him, but also ask him to forgive me because I had a tremendous lack of respect for who he was, and what he was doing. And I had this functioning household that he was not a part of for many years, but I had just kind of, you know, taken over everything. And I had to make a place for him to belong. And that was part of my amends, was allowing him to truly take over being Uh, now the head of the household. And I had to respect that. So those, those were all really important things. Wow. So
1: how hard is that to be able to, you know, to be in a place where things were covered up, things were hidden, you know, the, the facade, the, you know, from the outside, everything looked good and the inside too. all the, you know, now going through CR and celebrate recovery and doing all that owning your stuff. And now coming from a place where you, my goodness, when you're up there talking and sharing, you, you get raw, you get very, you're very honest. So what a complete, so what Where is that transition of now knowing who you are? Like what part, how are you grounded in all of that?
0: Well, um, uh, that comes with time. I mean, that does not happen overnight. I, I honestly feel like the longer you're in your dysfunction, the longer it takes to come out of it. And I know God's a miracle worker. I have no doubt about that whatsoever, but I believe he wants us to do the work. To uh, reestablish ourselves, to heal some of the character defects that we have, uh, you know, acquired along the way. And for me, uh, you know, there was so many things that I was so grateful for in my life. Um, You know, I was not I was not physically abused. Um, My husband was a functioning alcoholic, we always had food on the table, there was a lot of things to be thankful for. Um, But then this was my codependency that was keeping everything hidden, that had chose not to seek help not to be open and honest with with anyone. And um, so that was me shifting gears. And and a big part of that was coming to celebrate recovery. Yes, I was able to deal with my own stuff. But I thought, Oh, my goodness, why have I had this life? Why? Why did I have to go through all this? And then, you know, after a while, the light bulb moment came, and I realized I could not relate to anybody that's hurting if I hadn't hurt myself. So that was a really, really, really big deal for me. And you know, there's a couple of things uh, in uh, Joel chapter 225, it talks about uh, God restoring the land after the locusts have eaten it, right? And uh, I have uh, always thought that we're, (laughs) we are the picture, (laughs) we're the live version of that verse, because there's so many things. Once we made that decision to do the life changes, there were so many blessings that just fell so many, so much restoration, so much regrowth, rebirth, all those wonderful things that uh, and, and again, I have to say celebrate recovery gave me a place to give back, which is so important. If you are very conscious about, you know, coming out of your dysfunction, and claiming that and not relapsing back into that, well, then you better give back, then you better start serving. And you better start serving other people, and serving God, of course.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'm, I'm listening, and I just see this picture of, you know, like, how our light can um, rub the darkness the, r- the wrong way, you know, and how when we speak up and we're honest about our past and about the things that happened to us, um, it does one of two things gives permission for people to be able to um, own their stuff and to move forward and to know that they're not alone. And two, they can run the other way where their people are so scared to be able to own their stuff or take an honest inventory, honest look at their stuff. And, um, you know, it's that brush. And I just want to say to people, you know, it's, we're stronger together. We're, we're, you know, we come together and celebrate recovery as such a non-judgment place that it's a, it's a place where you find freedom um, from self. Right. And I just wanted to say this. How many marriages are out there doing the blame game? How many marriages end? Because one person like Carol, I'm like, which way do I go? Wrong way. Carol was saying about Barry, it wasn't until she came in to celebrate recovery, you guys, that she and started doing the step work, the work work. The work that was required in order to see her stuff, own her stuff, and make an amends so her husband and her could come together and have the marriage that they were intended to have. So can we just talk a bit about that? How many marriages are out there that end? That oh. it's just, it's from that place of not seeing their own stuff and wanting to be self-righteous and oh yeah, you did this and it's all your fault and I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, and I know that, um, I know it's not easy. <laughs> I know that one for sure. But I think way, way back, we, you know, we made a commitment. We were married in a church. We made a covenant to each other and to God that this this was a marriage. And um, we came from a culture where, you know, you stayed married I'm not dissing anybody. If you're in an abusive relationship or if you're being hurt in any way, yes, you need to get help and you need to get healing. But in our instance, I felt like God was directing me to stay and to work on it. But it really um, distressed me. And it it still does when I see uh, marriages split up. And thinking, you know, it's the old saying, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, a lot of times it isn't, you know? And uh, one time when <laughs> this was, gosh, we'd only been married about 15 years, but uh, he, Barry was full out in his alcoholism. And and this was a time when I, I was really, again, planning to leave. I went looking for townhouses because again, I was working. I thought, you know, I can do this. So I went And uh, I called this realtor to look at this townhouse. And so I met him there and we were looking through it. And and he looked at me. I did not know he was a Christian. And he looked at me. I had never met him before. And he said, you know, I think you should go home and work on your marriage. (laughs) And I thought, oh, dear. (laughs) If there was ever an indication that that was from God that was it. And so that was just a reinforcement of yes, you can have something great together, but you've got to work at it. And you've got a lot of work to do. So yeah. And, and that's the part that um, I think today, um, you know, we 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 live in a McDonald's generation, yeah. instant gratification, but also instant anger. Right. And, um, you know, that you you think after the first argument you have that the only option left is to leave. And maybe it is, but sometimes you're meant to stay there and work on it and and playing the blame game like we talked about we can all find fault in each other. (laughs) There is nobody perfect on this earth. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of having grace for one another. Um, I believe if you have Jesus at the center of your relationship, that you will have that extension of his unconditional love of his grace his compassion his understanding that you can apply to the your partner and that's kind of where I'm at with that so yeah
1: wow thank you thank you so much yeah it's 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 not easy relationships aren't easy I always say you know I love people the greatest thing about this world is there's people the hardest thing about this world is there's people. Right. And (laughs) he's the one that we trust and put our faith in. And, and I just wanted to say this too, when you're talking, it's like, I say this in my business and it doesn't matter what it is in life, who you surround yourself with is everything. They either lift you up or they tear you down. And um, you need to be in a safe environment with, with people that you can find mentors and mentorship, right um, We call it different things, um, you know accountability partner, sponsor, whatever you want to call it doesn't matter, but it's someone that we can share honestly with and 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 do that, so it's extremely important to to have yeah. that same
0: place. and nurturing healthy relationships, you know especially um female relationships it's it's really really important in your life because we are not meant to do this journey alone if there's anything i've learned after all these years it's that and it is so important to incorporate people that you trust uh, but people that you can be honest with that like you for who you are you know and and that you're not having to change or they're not trying to change you into something they want you to be, but they're accepting you as you are. And and I I really my hope for Celebrate Recovery is that we treat everyone like that, that we're accepting everybody where they're at when they walk through the door. And we're just there to walk along with them. You know, that's it.
1: Well, and I've always said that to people, you know, in the past, I always, um, you know, I take responsibility for that um, as well. But it was, you know, I would go and do things and people wanted me for what I did, because I can do a lot of things, right, and and cooking and stuff like that. And when I came to Celebrate Recovery, I was in a place that I was like, I don't want to do anything, I just want to be, you know, and I just, I felt love for me. And then I started to cook. And I love cooking at Celebrate Recovery more than anywhere. My heart is so, I just love it. I get so much joy from it, because I know the people there love me for me. And not because of what I do, but because of who I am. And then it makes it so much more joyful to do those things that everyone loves that I can do as well. But it's not because of what I do. It's because of who I am. And there is a beautiful place of healing that comes in that place.
0: Totally. Yes. Yeah, to be somewhere where there is uh, not a lot of expectations put on you. And you, then it gives you that freedom uh, just to be yourself. And and honestly, I, that's what I do love about Celebrate Recovery. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what song I absolutely love? I don't know if you can sing a little bit of it or whatever. Carol's an amazing singer. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Um, uh, you and Barry usually sing it. But it's the song. I think of this world, right? Are you hurting and lonesome tonight? Oh, yeah. You know, I just. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, you won't hear it tonight. but. <laughs> <laughs> I Remember, I'm not a I'm not a people pleaser anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if he had his guitar here. Maybe I would, but <laughs> okay. uh, So instead of that, uh, then
1: you pray, please. Yes, I would love for you to end us off in prayer
0: for sure. And before I do that, I I do want to share. Um, 2 Corinthians from chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received. I claim that, you know, for us, uh, because I believe that that's what God's purpose is in what we have gone through in our lives so that we have received that comfort. Now we can definitely share that with, uh, with everybody that comes in our our, uh, midst in our pathway. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay, one sec before you pray, I'm just going to sit there and say, okay, so we are going to be having life healing choices. We're talking all about tonight, especially as we focused on Carol, it was You know, when she started, she came in the doors and when she started to do the the work, the step work, that all of a sudden the things were revealed about her stuff. And this is what we're offering to people, right, is we're going to be having life's healing choices. It's just eight weeks and we're going to be doing it in person at uh, Highway Church starting March twenty. Eighth on a Monday night. It's going to be seven p.m. there, and then I am going to, and uh, someone else is going to be um, online Zoom, a men's and a women's online Zoom, starting Saturday the twenty-sixth at two p.m. We're going to be doing it online as well. So if you want more information on either one of those, please message us. Whether you want to show up in person if you live in Maple Ridge or in the Lower Mainland, or you want to come on Zoom because you're in like like New Zealand or Australia or somewhere in the U.S. and you want to come. join us everyone is welcome um you just gotta let us know you can order books off amazon and stuff like that to be able to follow along so i just wanted and then friday nights every friday night doors open at uh 6 30 at highway church we have live celebrate recovery seven o'clock um we start we start to do worship carol and barry do a lot of you know do once a month do worship and stuff like that and this friday is chip night so we have chip night this friday i have to do that post (laughs) i do i I went to do it today and it didn't work so i was like i'll do it later okay so carol's Uh, gonna end us off in whatever she wants to finish off and close with and then she's gonna close us off in prayer as well so thank you everyone for joining us
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that uh, I know Michelle is going to be very much involved with, uh, we are doing a Get Connected Canada event on Saturday. And that is an online event. And we have participants, I think, it, from 10 provinces, but from 8 countries. When you're talking about doing something online, it's like it opens a whole new world to us. And there is a lot of great sessions during the day. It's like, $35. It's an incredible bargain. And if you did still want to register for that, you can. It's uh, CelebrateRecovery.ca and it's called Get Connected Canada. And if you want to find out more about the program, that's an excellent way to do it is just to be a part of something like that. And uh, I'll be hosting a a watch party for it at Highway Church and Michelle's going to get to cook for Celebrate Recovery. (laughs) 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 She's going to do lunch for us. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, um, there's one other thing I just wanted to share quickly before I pray. And that is uh, from Hebrews. It's chapter 10, and it's 24 and 25. And this, once you are mature, a little bit mature in your recovery, I'm never mature, but... (laughs) I hope I'm a little bit more mature in my recovery. And uh, this verse, I think, applies to that. It's, um, again, it's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, whether it's in person or online, uh, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I love that. I I have always loved corporate worship. I've always loved sitting there learning about the Bible uh, from a great teacher. And I think these are things that God designed for us to do. So I encourage all of you is, is just to you know plug yourself into a really uh, good foundation, a biblical foundation. And if it's not celebrate recovery, find something else that's going to get you on that healing journey. So yeah, let's uh let's pray together because I can talk a long time. <laughs> Here we go. We have a meeting. Uh, we have a meeting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good, good reminder. Oh, yeah. uh, Father God, I just thank you so much. Uh I thank you, Lord, that uh you are the sovereign God, that you know everything, you see everything. And you know what, you still love us. And we are so grateful for that. We're so grateful for the unconditional love that you give to each and every one of us, no matter where we are on our journey. Lord, I just want to thank you for this time together. I thank you for Michelle and um, just her gift of drawing out of us what it is that uh, that we need to say. So I thank you for that, Lord. And uh, Father, I just pray for each person that is either watching this now or is going to watch the recording, that they will begin a healing journey if they haven't begun one already. And know that you are walking with them. And most of all, I pray that they will have a full relationship with you, Lord, because that's what you desire for each one of us. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you for all the things that you do in our lives, the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. We're so grateful to you for um, just creating these human beings that require relationships in their lives. We thank you for the the healthy, healthy relationships that we have. We thank you for the support for the teams that we have working towards uh, promoting Celebrate Recovery, providing the program, and we just thank you for who you are mostly, and we just ask that you would continue to be our focus and the center of our lives. I just pray these things in your almighty name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Carol, for coming on with me. Um, You're welcome. Everyone, share this video. Get the message out to people. There are so many people going through grief and suffering, mental health issues and stuff like that. And uh, they need a safe place. So share this video as much as you want to or you can. And uh, God bless all of you. Have a great
0: night. Amen, everybody. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Jesus Stories. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or just want to talk to somebody about what you've heard on this podcast, love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe